grow deeper in their faith. And we kind of have to manage that. And sometimes churches want to try to fix it and go one way and say, we're only going to tell everybody about Jesus and we're not going to help our people know more about him and grow deeper in their faith. Or other churches go the other way and we're not going to tell people outside of our church about Jesus. We're just going to focus on the people that are in our church and help them to know Jesus more. So that's kind of a, you know, some approach. But this guy kind of presented this idea that there's tensions to manage. Sometimes you have to kind of go with the flow a little bit and kind of figure out, are we overemphasizing one and we need to kind of come back and shift to the other? We need to kind of balance this a little bit. Um, most of you guys probably have felt this kind of tension to manage idea um, at home. If you work outside of the home, you probably felt the tension of, do I need to spend more time at work to get the jobs done, or do I need to be at home with my kids and my wife? There's kind of a tension to manage, and for me, when I first started being a pastor, it felt like a problem I needed to solve, and I needed to, oh, I need to figure this out. Do I need to spend 41 hours and 50 minutes at work, or do I need to, you know, I just try to come up with this perfect answer, and it's just not possible, right? You have to kind of manage the tension. Sometimes there's going to be heavy times at work where you have to spend a little bit more time, other times, you need to be at home, you need to be with your kids, you need to be with your wife and your family, and you kind of need to manage this tension. Um, kind of in a Christian perspective of our own lives following Jesus, um, there's a tension kind of to manage of the idea of faith and works. When we come to know Jesus or we kind of experience God's love in our life and we say, yes, God, I have faith in you, we kind of realize the importance of faith because we can't do it on our own. Most of us, at some point, have probably tried to fix our relationship with God. We've tried to do whatever we can, do enough good works, or um, do so many lists of things, right, to try to fix it, but ultimately we kind of know where that ends up. It doesn't work, right? It doesn't fix our relationship with God. And so then we come to faith and we're like, okay, I have faith in you, God, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship you, I'm going to praise you, I'm going to thank you, I'm going to believe in you, whatever you say I'm going to do. But then we kind of come to a realization, well, I can't just sit in my chair all day and have faith there's got to be some sort of action behind it, right? We can't just sit here or else nothing would ever get done, right? And uh, those of us who live in the Silicon Valley, that's probably not <laughs> our mindset. We want to get things done. Most of the people that live here want to get things done, want to start a new product, start a new line of stuff. And so we kind of come to this tension of, is it about faith? Is it about works? We know works don't work, but we know faith by itself is, that's the way to get saved. But if you just sit there, nothing's going to happen, right? God wants to use us and we need to have some action. And so this is kind of a tension that we look at, and we, most of us have probably experienced at some point, if you've been a Christian at any length of time, you've been like, okay, uh, God, I'm not sure what to do. Should I do something right now, or do I just need to trust you? Uh, I've been trusting you, but I feel like I need to do something. You know, just kind of that tension. How do we know how to resolve that? And so um, we're going to look at the book of Colossians today, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossa, that they were kind of struggling with the same kind of idea. They were kind of struggling with, you know, do I have faith? Do we, do we trust? What, what, when do we know what to do which? And so um, the church in Maclasa was even taking another step further. They were even coming to the point where they were saying, okay, human ways of thinking are above anything else. They're above God, and we're going to go with human ways above what God's ways were. And obviously, Paul, the apostle who at uh, one time used to kill Christians until he became one, he says, okay, hold on a second, guys. I got some things I need to tell you about this. I want to help, help your thinking to help resolve this tension of uh, helping you to manage this tension of is it faith? Is it works? Is it belief? Is it action? How do you know how to balance that? And so we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 if you want to follow along. I think we'll have it up on the screen here. Um, we're going to be in verses 15 through 17, and we're going to kind of jump around a little bit before that, though, in um, a couple of verses I want to highlight here. Um, so Paul, like I said, he's saying this to the church in Colossae in Asia Minor, and he's trying to help them to see that it's not just about one being supreme or the other. He says there's a tension to manage, and here's a kind of a way to do it. So he starts off in chapter 3 and verse 2. He says, set your minds on things, ab excuse me, set your minds on things above. And then skipping down to verse 8. Rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. Then he says in verse 9, do not lie. And then jumping down to verse 12, he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Forgive one another, and above all, put on love. And so he kind of gives us this big old list of action things that we should do, these, these works that we should do. And then he kind of does a little shift in the, in, the, in the letter here. He shifts it and says, okay, but hold on. Verse 15 is where we're going to pick up. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. This word let that he starts off verse 15 with is kind of an interesting word in English. We don't always think about why we use it, um, but we use it a lot, most of us. Um, and so um, when I was in middle school, I just started middle school, and I, you, know, you get a whole new set of teachers, and my English teacher was kind of the teacher that everybody was, they knew of. They knew of him because he was a stickler, and he knew English very well, and you just kind of, one of those people that you're around, and you're kind of afraid to say the wrong thing because you know he knows what you should have said correctly, and you didn't say, <laughs> you know, that whole thing about using I and me, and you know, just some different words that you're like, don't know which word to use right now, and I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> um, and so uh, in sixth grade, we were all kind of intimidated by him because he just was really, really well-versed in English, and he knew, uh, you know, all the different parts of speech very well and just how to use things. And so in sixth grade, um, one of the questions that um, you kind of learn you have to ask, you can't just, um, you know, go to the bathroom whenever you want. You still have to kind of ask and, and ask the teacher and all that. And so one day, I really had to go to the bathroom. I had to use the restroom. And so I go up to his desk, and I say, can I use the bathroom? And uh, his response to me was, I don't know, can you? <laughs> and uh, I'm this, you know, little sixth grader kind of intimidated by this big teacher who, you know, he's a lot taller than me, he's bigger than me, and just like, uh, uh, you know, I didn't know what to say. Uh, I don't know, that's why I'm asking you, is kind of my, <laughs> my thought in my head. But if you know English, uh, you know the word shouldn't be can, it should be may. May I go to the bathroom, right? Can is saying, do I have the ability to go to the bathroom? Well, I didn't need to ask him that, because that's kind of something I need to take care of myself, right? But the question I should have asked was, may I go to the bathroom? May is asking for permission to do something, right? And so, you know, we kind of laugh at that, and that's, you know, hopefully, uh, those of you going into middle school or high school, you guys, <coughs> students, make sure you know that. <laughs> Say, may I go to the bathroom? Ask, may I go to the bathroom? And this word, Paul, he says this word, let. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And it's kind of the same idea as our English word, may. It's kind of about permission. It's asking for permission. And so Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. He's not saying, he's not asking for permission. He's saying, give your permission. When you say let, you're giving your permission for something to happen. Let's go to the movies. I'm giving you permission. I'm going to ride in your car and let's go. You know, I, you know, that whole thing. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And so Paul tells us, you need to let this happen. to give permission for God to rule in your hearts. And he's talking about peace here. And this peace that he's talking about is kind of an interesting peace. It's got kind of a couple different ideas to it. Um, the first one is it has to do with a piece that's an emphasis on a lack of strife, right? So there's a lack of strife or stress. The other one is on a reconciliation of relationships. So Paul says you need to let this piece that means less stress, it means you probably are reconciled in a relationship, you need to let that rule in your life. And that can kind of play itself out in a couple different ways, um, or three different ways. One of them is that it can be as far as like a country. So when Paul was talking about this, he could have been talking about a country having peace. So there's no wars, there's no fighting going on, there's no civil wars, there's peace in the country. He also could have been talking about among individuals, again, in relationships together. There's peace in the relationship. But the last one is kind of the one that's kind of really important for this verse. It could also mean a peace, meaning you have a right relationship with God that you're in a right relationship with God if you let, if you give permission for this peace to rule in your hearts. And that whole idea of rule is kind of an interesting word too. I like sports, if you don't know. Um, I played uh, basketball, football, um, ran track, uh, did some baseball. I just love sports. And so in high school, I was playing um, basketball against one of our rivals, and I got on the court, and I, for some reason, I just, 
you know, sometimes you just get in weird modes and weird attitudes, and I was in a weird attitude mode this, this game, I don't know why, um, but I started like kind of talking with the referee <laughs> during the game, during the game, and I just, I was saying these weird things, and so one time, um, I'm, I'm, you know, like guarding a, uh, another player right on the baseline, right on the out-of-bounds line, and he drops the ball right off his leg and out of bounds. And so I start walking back our direction, and I just you know, kind of did a little motion like this, like it's our ball, and I kind of said something a little bit out loud. And the referee goes, no, ball, you know, to the, their, their ball. And I'm like, didn't you just see that the ball went off his foot out of bounds? It's our ball. And so I kind of said something like that. I'm not sure what I said exactly. And the referee kind of took notice, and he said, uh, let me referee the game. I'll take care of this. And so I said, uh, you know, whatever. I kind of just brushed it off. And later on, another play like that happened where it was pretty obvious to me, you know, being a player, <laughs> that I knew the right call. And so I said something again. And this time, I got this close to getting my first technical foul ever. <laughs> I almost got, if you don't know what technical foul is, basically their team gets to shoot free throws and they get the ball back also. Um, and so I almost got a technical foul, but uh, he warned me. He said, let me referee the game. I'm the one in charge here. I'm the one that's uh, keeping this game un under control. And so at that point, I had you know, two options. One, I get a technical foul and I keep talking. Or two, I shut up and I let him do his job to referee the game. And actually, this word, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, Paul has the idea of, of an umpire, a referee, a sporting official that kind of keeps things in control, kind of keeps you in bounds, kind of keeps you um, controlled, keeps everybody safe, keeps, keeps the game going, right? And so Paul says you need to give permission for this peace of Christ to take control of your lives and to rule in your lives. And so when we kind of look at this idea of managing the tension of, is it about faith? Is it about just believing and just having faith? Or is it about works? Paul says, hold on, I give you a whole list of things you can do, but keep this in mind. Let, give permission for the peace of Christ to rule and be in control of your life. Continuing on in verse 16, it says, um, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom um, to God, or sorry, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. And so he talks in verse 16, and he kind of uses that word led again, that give permission, right? He says, give permission for the word of Christ to dwell in you. Now, we don't use dwell too much, but you can kind of maybe infer what that might mean. It means to live in, right? It means to live inside. Let the word of Christ live inside of you. Uh, now, I want to give a little disclaimer here. Some of you guys uh, in the audience today, if you're not a Christian or you're kind of checked out of church for a little bit and maybe you came back because somebody said they'd buy you lunch or I don't know, whatever the case is, you're not so sure about the Jesus thing and you're kind of just here to check it out, we're glad you're here. We're super excited you're here. But this is kind of maybe a part that maybe seems a little bit weird, right? How are you going to let somebody's words live inside of you, this Jesus who died and we suppose risen from the dead, we believe that for Christians, but maybe you're not so sure about that. How do you let that happen? It's okay to, to see that this is a little bit strange. But what Paul's trying to say is that you need to let or give permission for the word of Christ to dwell in you. And let me explain. Uh, I, I'd just gotten married. We'd only been, my wife and I have been married for seven and a half years now, but at the time, uh, we had just been married. We just moved into our first apartment together, and we came from completely different backgrounds. I grew up in Illinois, uh, with my mom raising me, I grew up in a farm town, a uh, very small school, very Caucasian only. There was hardly any other ethnicities in the, in the area. And my wife grew up here in San Jose. She's Filipino, Vietnamese. She grew up with uh, both parents in her house, kind of. She also had, uh, you know, uh, um, sisters. She had two sisters she grew up with. She grew up in a completely different school environment, big school uh, in here in San Jose. 
we grew up in completely different backgrounds. And so when we got married, we had some adjusting to do, needless to say. And one day, my wife asked me to go get something out of her caboodle. And so we're married. We lived in this really small apartment. Uh, I mean, really small. Like the kitchen, it's one of those kitchens where you're standing and there's like these cabinets and you can wash dishes and do the eggs at the same time. <laughs> or, you know, do something on the stove at the same time. And then if you move and turn, you can open the, fri or open the oven and turn the fr you know, open the fridge. It's really super small. Super small apartment. Only like zero bedrooms because none of them had closets, right? So there's two rooms that were bedrooms but no closets. Anyhow, very small apartment. So my wife asked me to go get something from her caboodle. And uh, I guess being a guy, maybe this is just comes with genetics, I don't know, but I was like, oh, I can go find that. I have no idea what it is, but I can find that. We have a small apartment, right? I mean, I can look through and find something. I can do this. I can find it. After looking through, you know, like our bedroom, looking through uh, some other storage closet we had, you know, and just looking around and just being like, nothing says caboodle on it. <laughs> I don't know what this caboodle is that she's talking about. I have no idea. Finally, I had to go to my wife and say, uh, honey, what? What are you talking about? What's this caboodle thing you're talking about? And I kind of had to learn a little bit of a different terminology for things. You know, she used caboodle to mean those clear drawer stacking things, you know, that you can pull out the drawers you can buy at Walmart or Target and you just put things in there and just a little storage thing. That's what she called caboodle. I didn't, I had no idea. And she also called um, the caffeinated beverage that has bubbles in it, she calls it soda. I grew up calling it pop. And, you know, just a whole bunch of things. We had to make some adjustments in our terminology, in the way we lived with each other, you know, living together for the first time, we had to make a lot of adjustments, and we had to kind of change and adapt to each other. And when Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you or live in you, he's kind of got the idea that if you're going to follow me and if you're going to kind of manage this tension of faith and works, you're going to have to let the words of Christ live inside of you and maybe change you or adjust you a little bit. And it might be a little bit uncomfortable, and you might have to ask for some help, <laughs> like I did sometimes. And you're going to have to let that change you and, and, and transform you into the person that you need to be. And so it's, again, giving permission for that to happen. And how do we do that? Well, it kind of starts with reading the Bible, right? That's actually the words of Jesus. And that doesn't mean that you have to believe it firsthand. You don't read anything that you believe right away, right? You read the newspaper, and you're not so sure about some of the facts in the newspaper, right? Or online, you read stories, and you're like, eh, I'm not sure about that. But you read it anyhow, right? So even if you're not a Christian here, I'd encourage you to just start reading the Bible, and check it out and see if there's something in there that maybe rings true in your heart and you're like, ah, maybe that is true. Maybe I do need that in my life. And so for the rest of us that would call ourselves Christians, this is kind of what Paul's saying. He says, if you want to manage this tension of faith and works and action and belief and how do you manage that? You need to let the words of Christ dwell in you to kind of guide you and direct you and change you if you need to be changed. And all of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, we know that we need some changing in our life. We've tried to change on our own, but we need to let, we need to give permission for Jesus to change us because we can't do it on our own. So kind of balancing those, managing those tensions is kind of hard, and it's not always easy. And some of you guys maybe have never thought about this. You're like, I never thought that I need to have faith, I need to have works, and I need to know how to do that and manage that. Um, but that kind of is a tension that we, you'll experience at some point if you follow Jesus. You're going to be like, ah, I, you know, I got this job offer right here, and, and I want to have faith, God, that you're going to give me the right answer, but I don't want to wait too long, because if I do, somebody else is going to come in and take it. They're going to offer it to somebody else. Or I got this relationship at home and I want to have faith that you're going to do this, God, but I need to talk to this person. I need to actually do something. Otherwise, they're going to think I'm ignoring them or whatever, right? We're going to come to that point where we have to manage that tension. How do we know? How do we know? Unfortunately, the answer is we don't always know, right? We don't always know. But if you give permission for God to work in your life and you say, God, I want your peace to rule in me. I want you to be in control of my life. And I want to let your words change me and transform me and adjust and make some adjustments in my life. He will help you to see when you need to have faith 
and when you need to take action. And so that's kind of the whole sermon. In just a second, we're going to take communion, and we're going to kind of have the chance for you to kind of re-up maybe your permission to God and saying, God, I give you permission to do whatever you need to do in my life. I'm going to let you do something in my life because we really don't know what hangs in the balance. We don't know what, what hangs on our decision to, to do this or not because God might want to use you for something that you can't even imagine. But if you give permission to him, he can do that. He's in control already anyhow. He might find somebody else to do it if you don't, but he wants to use you for special things. And if you don't give him permission to do that, you don't know what hangs in the balance. And for some of you, that might be a who, not a what. Some of you guys work with people that are far from Jesus. They don't know Jesus at all. And you haven't really given him permission to work through you to help them to know about Jesus. Or maybe for some of you, it means you need to adjust the way you treat your spouse. You haven't given permission for God to work in your marriage, and so you see conflict happening a lot. Are you willing to give permission for God to work in your life today? Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this letter that you wrote to the Colossians that tells us a lot of important things. Uh, it kind of outlines the things that we should do, and, and we should get rid of all those things that we mentioned, anger and rage and malice and slander. And we should put on some things. We should do some things, put on love and, and compassion and humility. But God, we sometimes don't know how to balance the faith and the works. We want to we believe in you. We want to have trust in you. But we also know that we can't just sit around and do nothing. We have to have some action behind that, too. And so, God, would you help us to manage this tension? Would you help us to know when we should have faith and just have faith in you and not do anything and just sit back and let you do something? Or, God, would you also help us to know when we should, we should do something, that, God, you've already given us the command to go out and tell other people about you. You've given us some, some ideas of what we already should just be doing. So, God, help us to know how to manage that. Help us to know how to deal with that tension. And, God, would you help us to give you permission? God, you're a great God. You're a huge God. You created everything. You created us. You don't really need our permission, but God, we need to give it to you because we need to, to, to let you work in our lives. And we need to kind of acknowledge that, that you are bigger than us, that we are giving up control to you, that we're letting somebody else's ideas influencing us, not just our own ideas. So God, would you help us right now to give you permission to work in our lives? Would you help us to give you permission and trust that you'll do great things through us? Not just so that we would get the glory, but so that you would get the glory for what you've done. God, so many of us know the new life that you've given us and the ways you've changed us and made us and our lives are completely different than they used to be. And you've helped us get rid of habits and bad things in our lives. And you've helped fix relationships and mend broken ones. And God, we want to share that with other people, but God, we've got to give you permission to work in our lives to help us to have eyes to see what you want us to see, to help us to see the people in our lives that we need to share you with, to help us to, to hear the words that you want us to share with them. God, would you help us to realize what's at stake here? It's not just our life, but it's others around us. So God, help us to give you permission to work today. Would you use us as individuals, and would you use us as a church, God? We pray this in Jesus' name. In just a second, like I said, we're going to come up and take communion. So I'd encourage you guys to kind of file into the center aisle. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll have two sides you can choose from to take the elements. And then after you take the elements, uh, go back to your seat and we'll, we'll share the elements together. We'll share communion together. 
Communion is open to anybody that believes in Jesus. You don't have to be a member of this church to take communion today. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are welcome to come today to partake in communion. plan for being willing to suffer and go through amazing agony and pain and being willing to give your permission for our Heavenly Father to, to our Heavenly Father to go through that for us. So God, as we remember that, would you help us to give our permission to you? God, use me however you want. God, use us however you want. If it's a relationship that we just haven't wanted to deal with. We haven't wanted to work through. We haven't wanted to have the discussion. We haven't wanted to talk about it. God, would you use us? We give you permission. God, if it's people at our work that we're just scared, God, we're scared about how to share our faith with them. We're scared about what they'll say, what they'll think, what they'll tell other people, what our friends will think. God, we want to give you permission to work in our lives, to use us, to be in control of our lives. Maybe for others of us, we just don't know what the future holds. And we don't know what we're supposed to do. We don't know what we're supposed, where we're supposed to go. We don't know where we're supposed to go to college, what we're supposed to study. We don't know what our next job is going to be. God, we give you permission to do whatever you need to do. That we will follow you wherever you lead us, God. That we'll follow the open doors that you open for us and we'll leave the doors that you close. God, help this to be a point that we can look back on and remember we made a commitment to give you permission to work in our lives. Thank you for giving us a choice, God. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to partner with you to help this world to know about the hope that you bring in our lives. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So may you go in peace this week remembering that you, hopefully, have given permission for God to use you in amazing ways this week. Have a great week.